Welcome everyone. I'm Jeffrey Goodman, Director of Marketing and Development for the YMCA of Northwest Louisiana. We're here at 318 Latino Studios for Shreveport Bossier, my city, my community, my home. And I can't wait to have today's discussion. It's with Mike Nolan. So Mike, thanks for being here. Really appreciate it. Well, thanks for having us. Of course, of course. So, uh, and if I get anything wrong, please correct me. But in May of 2022, Oshner LSU Health Shreveport started a new program for teens and families affected by gun violence. The program is called PROTECT, which stands for Providing Resources and Outreach Tools for Every Child and Teen. That's correct. Mike, you serve, if I'm not mistaken, as LSU Health Shreveport's Pediatric Trauma Coordinator. And you once said, and I'm going to have several quotes from you through this, but you once said, if you look at all of our patients who are pediatric patients who come in with traumatic injuries, 26% of them are due to firearm injuries. The national average is 8%, so we're more than three times the National Trauma Center's average in terms of the proportion of our pediatric patients to come in with gun-related injuries. So let's start here today if we can. We'll get to the details of how the PROTECT program works, but first, if you could, tell me about the genesis of PROTECT and how the idea first came about to start the program. So the idea of PROTECT literally came from this big increase in the gun violence that has affected kids in our community. Um, we had a Few, I think it was 2019, It was we were seeing it rise, the number of kids affected. But even in that time, there were some that were inside their homes, in their beds, where it was supposed to be the safest place, and they were injured because of gunshot wounds and bullets coming through the walls. It was that time we realized that we have to do something. Um, and that was three years ago. Started with just a small group of people sitting in one room and that's how that's where protect was was born from was just a few people in that room trying to figure out what to do and i read that you had perhaps some assistance from a mentoring facility in st louis and that they've reduced their re-injury rate from 40 percent down to almost four percent with their program and helped untold members of families how, can you talk a little bit about how you worked with this facility in St. Louis and how did you first become aware of their program and work in this area? So because we are a pediatric trauma center through the American College of Surgeons, um, that's, um, we're encouraged to join national uh, trauma societies, things like that. And I joined a, an organization called PEDS, uh, Pediatric Trauma Society, and went to the convention, and it was a whole lot of people just like me that were running pediatric trauma programs, and you know a lot of areas in the country are having the same problem, so it was a to hot topic there. I met up with this person, and he had been doing it. They had been doing it since 2012, and just from the first time we talked, we pretty much developed a friendship from there out, and uh, he turned into an amazing mentor. That's great. And for the for the lay person out there who perhaps has never met a young person impacted by gun violence, can you are you able to paint a picture for me of what life looks like for some of these patients you come into contact with through Protect? So a lot of t when we think 
most of the time when you think about somebody that's been affected by gun violence, you think about the wound, the hole that it made in their, you know, in their body, the injury that occurs. But that's, that is a very big piece, significant piece, but there's much more that goes with it as well. The uh, trauma of the mental trauma, the emotional trauma, the trauma to the entire family. Um, and if we don't address that early in what we call the acute stress disorder, if we don't get that early, it then becomes the PTSD that we're also familiar with. So that's a real key point. One of the big things that we work for is just, it's a holistic approach to everything, not just their wounds, but what it's the aftercare once they leave our hospital. Perfect. Which kind of brings me to my next question. I, I've read where you've said that gun violence should be treated as a public health issue and that PROTECT is taking a public health approach. The program's goal is to heal youth impacted by gun violence by providing resources like mental health services, shelter assistance, and mentoring. Walk me through, if you could, some of the services provided by PROTECT and take me through what a potential case may look like and how you would work with a patient. So the easiest way to explain it is to explain what we mean by public health approach. And that just that's the easiest way. And the way we do that is we think about a child that comes to the emergency room for the first time ever. They've never been diagnosed with any health problems, but this time they come to the emergency room and they have diabetes. Their blood sugar is super high, um, and they've just now found out about this new disease that they have. You know, what does it look like for that patient? Well, we fix their problem in the ER. We get the blood sugar down where it's not in a dangerous level, and they usually get admitted into the hospital from there. While they're in the hospital, we're continuing to treat the blood sugar. Dietitians are meeting with the, the child. They're meeting with the family. They're, they're learning to how to eat things that are healthy and keep them from having a diabetic emergency, but still have a life as a kid. Um, we get them specialized um, physicians, endocrinologists. They're in and out there. They could see the child as well. When it's time for the child to go home, the nurse comes in. They usually have a big stack of discharge instructions of things to do, how to take medications, um, you know, different kinds of exercise, a complete how to change their lifestyle to prevent them from coming back with a diabetic emergency. So let's just say that same child comes back to the ER one week later, but he's there this time because he's got a gunshot wound. He's been shot. Comes into the trauma, the trauma bay, the trauma team rolls in. They do what we do exceptionally. They, you know, they... Um, we call it resuscitating, get them, get them, stop the bleeding, get them into the OR. We start the healing of the wound. They get admitted. The specialist, uh, if it's an orthopedic issue, they'll see them, but our trauma guys see them and until the wound itself is healed, and then it's time for them to go. The nurse comes in, gives them some instructions. You probably will need to follow up with orthopedics or the, our clinic for your wound. Here's your discharge papers. Try not to get shot again. They look like two completely different patients, but and that's the case across the country, and that's where these programs came from. We want to treat 
that gunshot wound just like it's a public health emergency or a disease. We need to provide them things that can help change their lifestyle, to alter things, alter their paths to whatever led to this one. We want to change it so they don't come back with the same injuries. And, and get, get into a little more detail around that. Like, what what are some of the things that you're specifically doing to 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 offer more wraparound care and wraparound service? So our goal is for every child under 17 that comes in with a gunshot wound, and actually within the last couple of months, any violent injury that's penetrating, so even a stabbing now is we'll, we're trying to, to get in, into the program. But initially, our team will see them, the social work team will see the, the patient and the family, explain to them what PROTECT is, and we look for a real quick assessment. Do they have food? Is it constant food? Do they have a place to stay? Do they have a constant place to stay? And do they have clothes, just basic needs? Um, if once we get the answer to that and you know do our thing there, then we do a much deeper assessment if they choose to enroll in the PROTECT program. Then we're looking at all kinds of things with just the patient or the child and but also the family or caregivers. Um, you know, do they have a job? Does the parents have a job? If they don't have a job, you know, why not? Not, why not in a bad way, but are there roadblocks or things keeping you from getting a job? You know, so we try to find them help with how to do interviews, um, clothe, pro appropriate or proper clothes for interviews. Um, there are some education things that we can help them with. Um, another big piece is the, the mental health part. And, you know, that's something that's so, it's hard to get people uh, to acknowledge that piece. Nobody wants to talk about the mental health part. And I was fine when I came in. Yes, you may have been, but it's different now. So that's super important. That's another, um, we work with a couple of partners that help with that as well. Um, some of them actually will go into the home instead of the, the patients having to get to them. Um, we have some that we work with, with um, some bill paying assistance if needed. Uh, that's what we do as we're kind of the hub. We connect them with these resources and we follow up to make sure that they got what they needed from that resource. And if not, where else do we need to go? And, and just to kind of uh, close the loop on what you just said, and correct me if I don't get this right, but just like the diabetic patient that you don't want to see again for a diabetic related um, issue, you don't want to see this patient ever again for a gunshot. And you're hoping to pro provide any kind of assistance you possibly can to do your best at preventing that reoccurrence. Absolutely. That's exactly, that's what this is all about. You know, I get the question all the time of, we're seeing the patients after they've been shot. How are we preventing? Well, this is not a prevention program. This is an intervention program. We have a whole team that does prevention stuff, but we're an intervention. We're, we have the children and the family at a, in a safe spot. They're isolated from the outer influences that may have a negative impact on them. Um, and it's a teachable moment. So we have their attention that then. And so... You know, and that's the whole key is to give them the skills they need to not come back with a violent injury again, if at all possible.
So I came across another quote from you where you said, we don't have housing for them, for, for these kids that come in, but if the child or teenager decides, when I get out of school every day, I don't want to go hang out in these same places, where's a safe place for them to go? So now we're partnering with SPAR to get a route in the community to do things like that. I know, I know as a community, we're in need of more mentors and more after school programs for our community. Do you just personally, uh, uh, do, you, do, you, do you see signs that we're making progress in these areas? So um, there are programs out there, and, but I personally, this is just my personal belief, we need a whole lot more. We need some significant community involvement to, you know, to mentor these kids, to give them things to do, uh, and even the, the family as well, the caregivers as well. No, absolutely. And and explain the, oh no, I actually kind of covered this, but let me, um, so I know, I know you're providing wraparound services for these gunshot victims through Protect. Can you talk about some of your specific community partners as, as well as the areas you feel where you could still use additional partners and support with Protect? So as we, we could use additional support from in, in all areas. Uh, we do a lot of uh, um, Center for Children and Families. I think, I'm sorry, yeah, Children for Center for Children and Families. They do a lot of our um, kind of the mental health piece, addressing the acute distress, uh, just anything. They, they actually will go into the homes, but... Um, there we have a they have a group here and I think a group in Monroe so it's kind of you know we get kids from all over the north part of the state so that's sure. anytime we could find more resources and I firm think that's a big piece to help with that mental health piece after this um, would be huge and even for the kids just in general that are involved in Whatever it is that gets them in these violent activities, they just more help um, after school stuff for sure. And there's a website for Protect, right, where people can um, access there contact is. information and additional information? Yes. Um, you can go to our Auctioner LSU Report website, and it's on that website. Okay. And, I mean, those were my main questions. I just wanted to kind of give people a sense of protect, but we've got all the time in the world. Are there <laughs> other things that I failed to ask about or other important aspects of protect that you, you would like to talk about or your work that you'd like to talk about and that we didn't discuss today? So I guess really the biggest thing is, even when we were working with Josh, that was the mentor from St. Louis, he told us in the very beginning that, once we have it up and running and we're, you know, we're running the program that our success rate in enrolling people into the program was going to be low and it, was going to, it wasn't going to come up until the entire community was aware of what PROTECT is. Um, his exact words were, until the matriarchs and patriarchs of the community get to where if they go to the ER because a family member's been shot, when they get to the point where they're asking, hey, where are those protect people? He said, that's when you'll start to enroll them. And we actually have seen that. Um, we, we have the, we, 
approach about 80% of the kids. Some come in on a weekend and we might miss them, but we have about an 80% approach rate, but we've just now actually reached the 30% enrollment rate. So it's just a matter of getting the news out there, you know, to where when they hear the word protect, they already know what it's about. Um, it's just a trust factor right now. Um, you know, that's the biggest thing is getting the word out there. And you're still early. I mean, you started it yes, uh, it's a, brand, a little it's, over a year ago. So it's still very much uh, at yes. the early stages and, and you are getting the word out more and more. Right. Um, I would like to, just because we were talking off camera and asked you, you're, you're someone who's spent a long time working in trauma. Um, I asked you the question, just, you know, how, do, how, does, how does someone who works day in, day out in trauma unsee all the traumatic um, things that they they see day in day out. Can you can you talk a little bit about uh, how you how, how one unsees uh, all all that you encounter uh, in your professional life? Yeah, so I don't know that we ever unsee it all, but like we were talking earlier, the thing that I don't know what the word would be, but oversees or kind of covers that up for me anyway is when I see one of these children that come into the trauma bay and when I first see them, I'm wondering or concerned that they may not make it, but then I watch that child walk out of our facility or walk out of, or, you know, be discharged home. That's, those are the things that well override the things that we otherwise see. So that, that's what it's all, to me, that's what it's all about. Well, Mike, I think y'all are doing extraordinary work uh, for our community. Um, anything else around Protect that you'd like to share or mention? No, that's, that's pretty much it. Anytime that uh, we get a chance to talk about Protect, we'd love to. I well, really appreciate you being here. Thank you for inviting us. Thank you. Absolutely.